the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Paraclete, Spirit of Truth, You who are everywhere present and fill all things, Treasury of all that is good and Master of life, come, dwell within us. Cleanse us from all stain and save our souls, O good one. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. We're going to look now, as we go on in John's Gospel, at chapter 11. It'll take us a few, this is 57 verses. Chapter 11 is followed by chapter 12, of course, and that ends the with the book of uh, chapter 12, it ends the book of signs. There are seven signs here. The seventh is the raising of Lazarus. Then chapter 13 starts the book of glory because it's all the talk that Jesus gives, his speeches, and then his passion and resurrection. That's the book of glory. The glory is, you see, the act of loving which Jesus dies and is fixed forever in heaven, radiant with that act of love, even bearing the marks of his wounds. As it says in the book of Revelation, huh? the Lamb is standing there bearing the marks of his slaughter. All right, so now we're going to take this text slowly. Someone was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, from the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Now, it's interesting that he puts that order because Martha turns out to be more important in the first part of the story. Uh, one of the reasons probably is because the next line says, Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfumed ointment and dried his feet with her hair. Now, the, that gesture is found several times in the Bible, isn't it? We find it earlier in Luke 7, for instance. And here, uh, we find it in uh, verse 3 of chapter 12 of John. That is, we're in chapter 11 in the next. So what this little parenthetical saying is, Mary was the one of whom I will tell you in chapter 12, who anointed the feet of Jesus with perfumed ointment and dried his feet with her hair. And you read that in 12.3. Mary took a liter of costly perfumed oil made from genuine aromatic nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and dried them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Now, is there any allusion to the other text in Luke? Hard to know whether the, the wording is the same to evoke an echo, but it's here telling us Mary was the one who I will tell you about in the next chapter who anointed Jesus. She anointed him for his burial. And she knew that. Okay. So that's that little parenthetical. You see, her brother Lazarus was sick. That's the second time he's told us that. The sisters sent word to him saying, Lord, Behold, the one whom you love is sick. Upon hearing that he was sick, Jesus said, This sickness is not unto death. It must mean something very special with this, because Lazarus does die. Um, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. And what's the glory of God? 
that the Son of God be glorified through it. So this sickness is going to glorify the Son of God and therefore glorify God the Father. Uh, that's why he has fallen sick, a sickness unto death. But I'm going to go raise him, as we see as the story goes on. Huh? Okay. Now, remember, this is the penultimate chapter in the whole book of science. In other words, one of the reasons for this is difficult, you see. If it's near Pasch, Passover, in other words, the, the timing, but the ancients, as every person who studies ancient history will tell you, the ancients were not fixated on time and place the way we are. In fact, this fellow, of course I forgot his name now, he, he's a Jewish scholar, but he writes about Islam. And whenever he finishes his book in English, immediately it's translated into both Hebrew and Arabic. They want to see what he says. Uh, and he points out, before a Western view of space and time got into the East, I mean, the border between this country and that was the river. The river changed, well, then the border changed. I mean, whereas we got surveyors out there down to the quarter inch, you see, but no. And time, well, you know, time over there is not time in our idea of time. I remember somebody told me it was Bishop, it was the Cardinal Archbishop of uh, Montreal, Léger, who had become a, he worked in a leprosarium, he retired, and went to work in a leper colony in, in Africa. And he was living and he retired from that as well, and then he was in the Canadian college, and I, I was living there. And one day, uh, he said to me, Cardinal Léger, you know, Francis, for us, time is money. For the Africans, time is time. And so much of the world is not like us. i got to catch the 856 bus because if I get the 858 bus, I'll be late for work and I can't be late for work, you know. Time's time. So anyway, uh, so that's why it's put this way. The sickness is not unto death, but the glory of God, that the Son of God be glorified through it. We don't know what that means yet. But you see, it's a pro this is going to be a prophecy to raise this dead man and is placed right here so that the, all the account of the passion and death, people won't lose heart because of the resurrection. If he can raise somebody else, he can raise himself. And that's why this story is put here last. It's the greatest of the miracles. Okay. So we go on. Jesus loved Martha and her sister, and Lazarus. When he heard that he was sick, he then remained in that place for two days. He knew what he was doing, you see. Then after that, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. You see, this Bethany, if you're standing, where can I put you? Well, stand on the Mount of Olives. You look one way, you see Jerusalem. You look the other, down the hill, and you can see Bethany. Uh, we used to walk that a lot. It's only a couple miles, you see, from, from Jerusalem, over the Mount of Olives, down the other side to Bethany, over, and so forth. So, he lives closely, see. Okay. 
let us go. The disciples said to him, he said, let's go back to Judea. He says, they say, Rabbi, just now the Jews were looking for you to stone you. And you're going to return there? And our answer of uh, our Lord is so beautiful. But it's enigmatic. This is how we get to know Jesus. Why doesn't he just say, well, this is the will of the Father. He says, are there not twelve hours of day? If someone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. So what does walking in the day mean for Jesus? Doing the will of the Father. If you're, if you're doing the will of the Father, you're walking in daylight, you're not going to get lost, you're not going to stumble, you'll be okay. Even if it leads to your death. And that's so it's a sort of a little proverb. And he's saying, you see, I don't know why this reminds me, but you'll get the idea, I think. There was this lovely Jewish man who became a Christian and he continued to observe all the Torah and all the Mishnah and all that, you know. And one day he stopped. And he said, why did you stop? And he said, I said to myself, why should I go on carrying a candle when I'm walking in the sunlight? You see, if you're walking in the sunlight, you're not going to stumble. Now, Jesus didn't mean that. He just meant it was a proverb kind of thing. But he meant, if you're doing the will of my Father, you're walking in the light and you're okay. You see, but if someone walks in the night away from the will of my Father, he stumbles because the light is not in him. You see where the light is? It's in him. You say that's very enigmatic. Yes. Remember, we're dealing with somebody who not only has a human intelligence, he has a divine intelligence. And he's trying to mediate these things to us in a way that we won't forget them. So, are there not twelve hours of the day? The Jews divided it twelve and twelve. Twelve day, twelve night. That's the way they, they work, you know. And over there, because you're close to the equator, it's like that. And the sun goes down, clunk. You don't have this long, lingering sunset most of that. Just clunk, it goes down. And in the morning, zip, it comes up. I can remember walking across the, the, the roof, flat roof. You know, we were supposed to walk across it. Over to the, where the showers were, on the floor I lived on. It was the top floor. And I'd walk across there in the morning about, oh, five o'clock maybe. And the little stones were already warm because the sun was coming up. Zip, it's up. And then in the nighttime, zip, it's down. Uh, so that's what he's saying, you see. Uh, he stumbles because the light is not in him. He stumbles. He's saying, if you're walking with the will of my Father, you're in light. If you're not, you're in darkness. Then he goes on, you see. But if, he said that, and then after that he said to them, Lazarus, our friend, is sleeping, but I will go so that I can wake him up. And the disciples say, well, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will get well. Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he spoke of the rest of sleep. Then Jesus said to them openly, Lazarus died. And I rejoice for your sake that you might believe. You see this belief? 
And as um, Rudolf Schnockenberg commenting on this says, you see, faith, faith provides union, contact with God, with the Lord. See, in that, in that environment of contact, all this happens. You see, faith is the way. In fact, his words are communion. Faith establishes communion with Jesus. He's commenting on our text, the one we have here. Okay? That you might believe. When you see this man, four days dead, come out of the tomb, your communion with me will be deeper. Not deep enough to stop them from running away, but deep enough at least to go hide and wait to see what's going to happen next. Uh, they're like us, right? Monday I believe, Tuesday I don't believe. Because communion is going to cost me something on Tuesday. Okay. Lazarus died. And I rejoice for your sake, that you might believe. I rejoice then, that I was not there. But let us go to him. And Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow apostles, Let us also go, that we may die with him. They're expecting, boy, they're all going to get killed. There's Jesus and the crowd right around him. And the leaders of the people are out to kill Jesus. Thomas figures, we're all going to get killed. Let's go with them. Pretty generous, right? Instead of saying, well, we wish you the best, Jesus, you know, let us know how it turns out. We would do that unless we're careful. Uh, all right, we're going to stop there.